This is David Dunn, and you're listening to Wild Man and Steve. You are about to listen to the intersection of faith, talk, and music. The Wild Man and Steve show starts right now. haven't done this in a while steve we've done a lot of openings for the many shows many multiple openings and our followers and listeners and fans are just wild about these openings you know every time we put it out there to rate this we just get inundated don't we 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 do i've said before you know we have tens of responses yeah yeah like the last time our show our show was published Elon Musk, he he texted me and he said, is there any way you could like hold off? We have a, the whole world would like to use Twitter, please. So, you know. E- so. E- Elon texted you. Yeah, yeah, he did. He did. But anyway, beside the point, besides, besides that. Okay. So I haven't done this in a while. You know, we always, we've been doing this for all, coming up on three years, trying to yeah. do well, the best way to open a show, trying to be creative. We've done everything you can imagine. I think there was only one time that I threw it your way to start. So here's number two. Go ahead. You want me to start? Okay. Sure. okay. If, let's just do it this way. The fans would love this. You do your best wild man impersonation of opening the show. There you go. Stop it. Are you sure you want? Am I sure what? Okay. Okay. So, so Steve, we've been doing this show for, we've been doing it for a long time now. Right. And we've been you know, trying to find the best way to to open a show. And I think I've got the best way to open a show tonight. Do you want to hear it? So I got to do you now, right? How do you? Well, seeing that it's you, I really don't know for sure. Um, but uh, yeah, go ahead. You might as well go ahead. Give it a shot. Okay, well, first of all, th- thank you for letting me introduce the show since it actually is my show. It is the Wild Man and Steve show because we all know, as all of our fans know, I discovered you. Okay, so thank you for letting me introduce what really is my show. Okay, so here's the way I want to introduce the show tonight. Okay, what is your favorite color? What is my favorite color? Yes, Steve. Do you need me to say it in Latin or something? What is your favorite color? No, I don't need you to say it in Latin. I just know coming from you that I have no idea what's going to happen once I answer it. See, I have the answer. I know every. I know what my favorite color is, but I know it's going to backfire if I tell okay. you. If, if you have the answer, then share it with the rest of us. Okay. My favorite color is black. 
Okay, folks, go ahead and rate that opening. Steve's favorite color is black. And uh, rate that opening for us uh, at Wildman and Steve on social media. And uh, tell us what you think, one being the worst and ten being the best. <laughs> I don't laugh like that. Ladies and gentlemen, come on. Go to Twitter right now, hashtag <laughs> Wildman and Steve, and tell us if Steve does not laugh like... <laughs> Oh, that's not the laugh you. No, no, that's not the laugh you just did. That's that true. is how I laughed. Wait a minute. This was thrown at me. Okay, I didn't have any preparation. It took me. Yeah, a while. yeah. Like you throw stuff at me, and I don't have any. It preparation. took me a while to get into character. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There you go. All right, ladies and gentlemen. So again, rank rate that opening. We're still after the goal of having the best opening for a podcast, best opening for a show. I can't believe I'm so stupid. What are you talking about? Man, 32 years ago, 32 years ago, I had a cassette collection that would blow the doors off anyone else. Really? Yeah, man, I had a big cardboard box full of cassettes. You name it, it was there. I'm talking about anything from Phil Keggy to Petra to Holy Soldier to Res Band to Bride to Tamplin, to Leviticus, White Cross, Baron Cross, Neon Cross, you name it, it was there. Wow, I'd love to see that sometime. Well, that's just the thing. I'm just plain stupid. Why, what are you talking about? I don't have them anymore. I I'm sorry, what? I let them go. Some I gave away, others over the years of multiple moves, I just lost track. Well, we live and we learn. Well, that's just it. How can I learn from something like that? How could I possibly begin to rebuild my collection? Girder. I mean, what would really be great would be to rebuild my collection with CDs. I mean, streaming is great and all, but there's something about... Girder. You know what would be great? If there was a company where I could go who could have all those those cassettes that I used to have in CDs instead of spending hours searching? I could just go to one company, one stop shop. I'm sorry, what? Girder. Girder is just the place to rebuild your collection. They have it all. Petra, Resband, Bride, the list just goes on and on. Go to girdermusic.com today and relive those moments of great music you used to love. Wow, girdermusic.com. You're right. I'm looking at it right now. I can't believe this. I can I can rebuild my whole collection with CDs and even vinyl. So hey, I guess this means I'm not stupid after all. Um, the jury's still out on that one. And now this is the part where everybody's on the edge of their seat. They know what's going to happen next because this is when I turn it over to Steve, Mr. Perkins, Latin teacher, rock and metal enthusiast, who always does a great segue for our amazing guests. And we have an amazing guest tonight, and he is going to give us another segue. Mr. Segway, take it away. So I've been thinking about this. You, you are a, a preacher. Uh, I am a teacher, 
but even you as a preacher, part of what you do is teach. Would, wouldn't you agree? You teach the word of God. Yeah. You mean like the kerygma versus the didache? Is that what you're... It, 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 exactly. Exactly right. And our, our folks who don't know Greek, you can go look those words up. <laughs> so we're really, we're both teachers. But I think all good teachers are also students, hmm. right? And I think you and I are definitely students of rock. Uh, we were just, you know, we're students of lyrics. We're students of the music. We're students of production. We want to learn. And I, I just thought sometimes it might be nice if we could have a student on our show, uh, you know, and we have all these experts, right? I mean, we have all these famous, you know, multi-platinum award-winning artist, uh, you know, movie producer, you know, but how about just have a student on the show, a student of music? Could we do that just once, maybe? Well, you know, as everybody knows, it isn't often that I give in to your requests or your suggestions or your demands. Ladies and gentlemen, you've never seen him behind the scenes, how he can become quite demanding to work with. You mean uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna get what I want this time? Well, I really don't yeah, I really don't have a choice here. But yes, yes, you are, ladies and gentlemen. We do have a student with us. I don't know if she'd like to be known as a student or not, because she is a graduate right now, moving on to advance her studies in college. Ava Phillips is with us. Ava, how are you? And welcome to the program. Hi, thank you for having me. I'm doing very well. All right, great. Oh, and, wow. uh, we, we just want to thank you for uh, staying with us during the opening. Uh, <laughs> sometimes guests will just drop right off. No, um, it's quite enjoyable. <laughs> So, so I turned it. I turned it over to Mr. Segway earlier, and folks, I don't do this often, but I'm going to turn it over to him again. So, Steve, give us what's going on tonight, and why do we have Ava on the Wild Man and Steve show? Okay, so I am so excited to to really introduce Ava um, to the world here through our podcast. So, uh, Ava goes to or did just graduated from a uh, classical Christian. Uh, homeschool tutelage uh, on the north side of Indianapolis, Indiana. Uh, my wife is a Latin teacher there. She's the head of the program there. And by the way, Ava, uh, Mrs. Perkins said to be sure to tell you, uh, she's so excited for you to be on the show and she's so proud of you. Uh, she just thinks, you know, you're, you're absolutely fantastic. And one of the things that the master study, this, this school does, uh, they have the seniors, when they're ready to graduate, they have a breakfast. And the seniors present part of a thesis that they've had to prepare. And they read it for all the families, and it's, it's really, really cool. So I'm there this year, and I'm, I'm listening to Ava's uh, kind of the summary of her thesis. And all, right from the beginning, I'm like, oh, oh, this is really getting my attention. And so she starts talking about music, and we're going to talk about the, kind of what was in her thesis uh, in the episode here, but she starts talking about stuff. And then I will tell you the thing that cinched it for me. She threw out a name, Sister Rosetta Tharp, and I nearly came out of my chair. She mentioned Sister Rosetta Tharp. And in my mind, I'm like, I can't wait for this girl to stop speaking so that I can go up and talk to her and see if she would like to be on our show. So uh, it really has to do with a brilliant senior thesis from a high school senior and Sister Rosetta Tharp. So let's get into it, man. 
Great, great. So the title of that thesis is The Chronicle of Sacred Music in the Black Church by Ava C. Phillips. And Ava, I, I will echo Steve's comments. I was very impressed with not only the content, but with your writing and getting the message across. You, you condensed and said, put a lot of things into words that many people, I believe, have been trying to say for a long time. So thank you for that. My first question, though, for you is this. While you were doing your research for this, what would you say was your biggest surprise or something you didn't expect? I think the biggest surprise was recognizing that there never really was a separation between the sacred and secular ever. Um, I kind of thought like the merge kind of happened like in like the 90s, like the early 2000s. But as I like went back, I was like, there really wasn't a divide between the two. And then like, why do people now think that there was and kind of understand people's thinking and reasoning behind that? Yeah. Now that that's very profound. So, you know, our listeners, obviously they haven't read this or at least not all of them have. So can you give a little summary of what you just said about the idea of the division and what you learned about that? Yeah. So my thesis was talking about black music, both sacred and secular and saying how um, just because sacred music sounds secular doesn't invalidate the sacredness of the music and kind of chronologically um, the history of black music from slavery all the way down to the present day and just going section by second talking about the sacred and then going back to the secular and then showing how they were like interwoven and how certain artists crossed over from the secular to sacred and sacred to secular and how the genres and styles and vocalizations they brought with them. Um, and so they kind of just merged into one. Now if you see people who jump from church to church, you know that their confession don't amount to much and nothing. I just tell you that though. But they better have religion now. I tell you that so. we often ask um, artists is about their own musical influence and I am really really curious uh, and I, I love talking to my own students about this I'm curious about your influences um, just as a student but then also your family as well is there you know stuff that they listen to has that been an influence on you uh, so talk to us just a little bit and again whether it's sacred secular blurring the line whatever just what, what are some of your influences um, I think at least music-wise, some influences were, um, I listened to a lot of K-Love growing up. Um, and so I had K-Love and Air One, and then also kind of more of like the gospel music. And so those were kind of like two separate worlds and they were kind of separate for the longest time. 
And so now as like a senior, as we're growing up, it's like, I kind of want to merge these two, which is kind of how this thesis came about, um, kind of merge these two worlds together. Um, so I think those were two big influences on this thesis and my music taste. What, what are your, uh, I'm just curious, like what, like what are your parents or grandparents or anybody of, you know, an older generation, but in your family, uh, do they listen to music? Do they tend to go towards something in particular or are they not yeah. music lovers at all? Um, a lot of my grandparents sang in the choir, grandmothers, long history of being involved in the church, pastors, um, Sunday school teachers, like a long history from that on both sides of my family. Um, so yeah, I think that definitely has influenced me a lot. <laughs> no doubt. shine through clouds or spread the skies so when the days is dark and dreary still i know he's with me all the while i keep it believe it his grace will receive it that's how he taught me how to smile Well, I didn't expect this, but I could see myself here being a good case study for you with the subject. And the reason for that is I give you a little bit of my background. And um, um, I grew up in the church. And by the time I was in high school, this was in the 80s. That's why some of your references really, uh, I, I could recognize the Madonna reference and everything else was really big. That was when that was the era. And um, I got to the point where I was very strict. Uh, okay, because the secular music in the world was um, promoting very graphic, uh, sinful, whatever, um, the majority of it, at least. And so the Christian rock scene came along. So I bit into that and I just I drew a line. I drew a line and I said, this is it. You know, nothing over here. It wasn't until I became an adult that I started to like that line started to blur a bit. Um, what do you think was causing me to, to draw that line? Um, I think kind of the quote-unquote secular sounding music that had um, non-worldly things that Christians shouldn't listen to um, or worship, and then hearing Christian lyrics put into that kind of gives people pause and like, wait, I'm not used to hearing this type of music in this type of context. And right. so our initial reaction is to push back. Yeah. And that's good. Like, that's good wisdom to not just jump hit in first you know but then also realizing like hey let's listen to lyrics like this isn't wrong and like being okay with that like it might not be your preference like that's okay but like still being okay with that type of music being out there mm -hmm. yeah well you you said throughout your this thesis you wrote you said it numerous times uh and you said it that day at the senior breakfast as well uh the idea that 
it's it's about the words, right? It, and you may not like the style. That's fine. Somebody else likes style. Somebody doesn't like style. It's not about the style. It's about the words. And and as I was digging into uh, your your thesis, uh, which I've, I've got in front of me here, um, I, I love what you said. This is toward the end. Uh, you said it's understandable to be concerned with an artist's past or motives when they release sacred music. And you didn't say we should be discerning. You said the singer doesn't nullify uh, the words of truth any more than Paul the Apostle's past of persecuting Christians invalidates the epistles. I'm going, oh, no, that's a really solid point. I don't think anybody sits there and reads, you know, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, and goes, well, I can't get anything out of this because, you know, Paul was tall and he was persecuting people. Well, of course not. They recognize this is the Bible, man. This, this is scripture. Well, then why are you going to have a double standard when it comes to music? So I, I thought that was a perfect way to support that. And I think, and, and, and of course, in the paper, you do it very, very sweetly. And I think if you were to talk to somebody, you'd probably do it the same way. But you bring that out to them. I don't think they would have a leg to stand on at that point. And, and I think they would have to recognize the logic uh, of what you said. You talked about all of it. You talked about it, you know, coming up from the Delta to where it gets electrified up in Chicago. And, and, and as a lover of that kind of stuff, I'm going, I know that stuff. But then, you know, I'm old enough to be your father. So I'm like, did, did you know blues before you got into this? Not very much. I'm a big fan of R&B. And so I kind of learned okay. about a little bit through that. But like, I didn't like done deep research and so this was really kind of me discovering it through this paper yeah yeah so what, what i've just what do you think of blue and, and again did you i'm gonna ask two parts here as you were doing the research did you actually listen to some of this older stuff uh and some of the things that you referenced and if you did uh what did you think of so i did not listen to too much of the like secular music in blues um i primarily listen to more of like the sacred music because that's what i like okay wise kind of quoted um but kind of hearing the blues in the sacred music it's yeah. really interesting i like the sound of it and kind of like i want to explore that more both in the sacred and secular world um, so that's on my list of music to explore for sure it's up to you now 
mentioned um the, the slave music mm-hmm. and the singing and what really struck me um was the idea of the improvisation and you you made the statement that um no song was ever sang the same way twice um i'm in i, that, I find that very encouraging because it, we're in a world today where musicians they can go in the studio this is way beyond even where we were at in the 80s and 90s but people can go in the studio now and it is perfect. Everything they do is perfect. There's there's hardly any improvisation anymore unless it's live. It's all programmed. It's all segmented. Um, what was your reaction when you when you found that truth out? Um, I think I was already aware of that, just giving my upbringing from like my mom's side and going to church and her old church, just the type of music we used to sing at her church. Um, and like, I think that gives more personality and makes it more personal when it's like that. Um, Like one person might sing in this way and you can hear their story through it this way. And then you have this person over here who's telling their story and it can still, might be the same tune-ish, but it can be like different words or it might be the same words, like a different tune or rhythm. Um, So I think that adds more personality and creativity when it's done like that. Sure. Yeah, and I think there's there's a, a lot of people that, that appreciate that. You know, a, a, a quote comes to my mind. I can't help it. I got I got to reference this, but a quote from Jimi Hendrix um, when he was being interviewed, um, he said that um, uh, he said he's always improvising, and he said that's why mm-hmm. I make so many mistakes. And then he said, so many people out there try to imitate me, but they don't realize they're imitating my mistakes. Um, because you know, they, they didn't understand. No, this is just an interpretation. Um, and I, the reason I, that, that sticks out in my mind is because I really think that the improvising part is something that is starting to be missed today because we have everything that can be, make it perfect instead of somebody having their own interpretation on a song. Um, so that, that's what was encouraging about your thought in the paper. There. That old time illusion, give me that old Time religion, give me that old time religion. It's good enough for me. It is good for my old mother. It is good for my old mother. It is good for my old mother. It's good enough for me. 
Give me that old time religion. Give me that old time religion. Give me that old time religion. It's good enough for me. It is good when I am hungry. It is good when I am hungry. It is good when I am hungry. It's good enough for me. Give me that old time religion. Give me that old time religion. Give me that old time religion. It's good enough for me. Now, I want to throw a question really to kind of both of you. Uh, because of what you're just saying there, it really just struck me. You know, the the same song, but not ever performed the same way, and and there will always be these slight differences, and because it's it's live and uh, and organic in that way, and I think about the four gospels, uh, especially the three Matthew, Mark, and Luke. Um, some people will go, well, you know, obviously the Bible can't really be trusted because the details aren't the same. Uh, in Matthew, Mark, and Luke, and they're supposed to be telling, you know, the chronology and the story of Jesus. Um, and yet, I'm thinking, it's really kind of the same thing, isn't it? Uh, it's, you, you've got, obviously, and they were consulting sources and so forth, but it, it's each one has his own spin. God, God did not just uh, possess the bodies of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And and cause that it wasn't that way. He inspired them, but they still have their own individual characteristics as writers. And so Matthew's going to phrase it one way. Luke is going to phrase it slightly different. It doesn't mean it's a contradiction. It doesn't mean that one is right and one is wrong. It just means they're different. Um, and so don't you think, here's my question. Don't you think, for either one of you, don't you think that you could use this idea of that oral tradition of music as a way to defend the truth of the Bible and and the way the Gospels in particular were written. Hmm. I ask that question and I get a hmm. Well, you said to both of us, so I don't. I didn't want to. I'm not like you. I don't like talking over our guests. You know. <laughs> Oh, ouch. Ooh, ouch. <laughs> Tune in next week to hear the answer to the question. Same Wild Man as Steve Time, same Wild Man as Steve Channel. See you next week. The Wild Man and Steve Show is now partnering with New Release Today. Find out more about them at newreleasetoday.com. And don't forget to check out our website where you can also leave us a review at wildmanandsteve.com. Sounds like rock and roll to me.